Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Jeremiah 29, when I'm done, I will say, this is the word of the Lord. You will not laugh. You will say, thanks be to God. (laughs) This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiachin and the queen mother, the court officials, and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers, and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shephan, and to Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me And find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And bring you back to the place from which I have carried you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Um... If you're watching with us for the first time, thank you for coming to join us again. We're glad to have you. Uh, for those of us that have been here um, since, especially those of us that have been since the beginning of this series, or you've listened to a couple of sermons in this series, um, thank you for still coming back. At least it shows that you are convinced. <laughs> it shows that you are still remaining in Lagos. So far, I see you every Sunday. I know that the sermons are still working. 
um, in our lives. So let me just ask straight up. Um, so how many of us have been convinced to love Lagos? Been convinced, like the past three, seven months? Convinced-ish. OK. I mean, second question, the answer will be what? How many of us have been convinced to stay, to remain in Lagos? Oh my word. Um, hmm. What pastor cannot do? <laughs> it's God that will do it. It's God. it's God that will do it. So, for a while now, I have been trying to tell people that, you know, even before the series, just tell people that, ah, stay now. Where are you going? What's there? Like, what is, what, what is, are you going to? People have gone, have come back, we've seen what they brought and what they did not bring. But some of you are really thinking, like, it's so hard for people to listen to me. Like, a lot of people find it hard to do. They just email and say, this one. And some of you know why. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm married to you now. <laughs> it's so hard. They'll never hear what I'm saying. In fact, after marriage, some people will just see me. They'll never ask, how is madam? They'll say, when are you people leaving? <laughs> Did I say that we are going anywhere? <laughs> I, was, I love Lagos, you know, my wife loves Lagos, we want to remain here, you know. Even my popsy, when I took Sarah home to see my dad, like, the guy just looked at the woman and just asked her, what, what, what are you looking for in this country? <laughs> she came to look for me, don't post her and listen my Gary. <laughs> so, this is the worst one here. So I was trying to reason with a beloved brother in this church, <laughs> a father of two. His house, his parlor is as big as the embassy, as the U.S. consulate embassy. <laughs> you will get. <laughs> May God have mercy on Toki. <laughs> so we were chatting, you know, and then I said, ah, um, you know, we're talking about, I was telling him that, see, even, like, you, at least you understand now. Even though I want to get an American citizenship, it's not as easy as it used to be. Like, it's, it's adverse, you know, it's more difficult than it used to be. Well, Tokyo responded, he said, see, you don't have to be a citizen. Half of your worries about Nigeria is gone. <laughs> then he now quoted scripture. This was the worst part. He now said, that citizenship says that you are talking, eh? Do it, tarry. <laughs> Wait for it, <laughs> for it will surely come. It will not tarry. So God, mind us for I didn't even know what to say. So, so God wants to respond to people like Toki and to others who should love Lagos, who might be making idols through Lagos, who should remain in Lagos through. Appropriate scripture quoting this morning <laughs> on how to remain in Lagos. So, while your US citizenship tarries, while your Canad Canadian PR tarries, <laughs> while your UK visa application tarries, or while you, you just tarry, like you are tarry in Lagos, <laughs> Jeremiah shows us five things we need to know on how to remain in Lagos. Five things. Who sent you to Lagos? Who you are? Who you are to pray for? 
who you are to listen to, and who has plans for you. Five things. So Jeremiah 29, verse 1. You will see in that verse 1 that Nebuchadnezzar said, Jeremiah said, I mean, was writing, said, Nebuchadnezzar had carried the people into Babylon. Last week, Pastor Femi showed us how the Israelites were conquered by Babylon. You know, as if that was not enough. So the guy carried the most skillful and the wealthiest people of Israel. He transported them to Babylon. And, you know, a place that was uncomfortable, a place that was not familiar to them, you know, full of people. You know, Babylon was a place full of people from different parts, people that they have conquered. And they were forced to live under the nose of their oppressors, or forced to live in the eyes of their oppressors. You know, they were living in distress, not just stress. You know, like we say in Lagos, they were living under distress. So what Jeremiah says here is that Nebuchadnezzar carried the people. So the question this morning to us, as we think about Lagos, and I think about all we've talking about in the past few weeks, and we're still going to talk about in the next few weeks, is who or what carried you to Lagos? That's where we start from. Who carried you to Lagos? Who carried you to this city of stress excellence? <laughs> Some of us will say, it's condition that brought me here. It's condition. A condition make a fish bend. Some of us will say, it's also. You know, like, where else will I be able to do the things that I want to do, make the things I want to make, you know, achieve things I want to achieve also. For some of us, it's anti-joy. You know, the auntie that promised you, just come and stay with me for a few weeks. Or Brashegun, you know, as La Cicelle and Jai Brashegun brought you to Lagos. At 4.27 a.m., he called you in the morning and said, you have to be on the first bus to Lagos. Now, when you come, there's this business that is starting, I'm going to be of help. You know, that's what brought you to Lagos. For some of us, it's our wives, you know, it's our babe. Like, the man had told me some time ago, was, he never dreamed of living in Lagos. It was Kualumi that dream, you know, to live in this city. Or maybe after you stayed in the UK for a few years or a few months, you did your master's degree, and then you refused to extend your stay. That's what made you come back to Lagos. Because if not for that, <laughs> you know, what are you looking for here? <laughs> what are you looking for here? Or maybe it's NYSE or transfer of job. Or maybe it's Jonathan, when he was booming. You know, you, you, maybe you somehow he made you stay in this place, business and contract, blah, 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 whatsoever. But then you didn't really plan well. You thought it was going to last forever. And everything has finished. Like, I don't open. Or say, the years of Egberaga has passed. Like, arrogance. And breeze has blown and You know, everything is open. So you are not here. But you see in verse 4, 7, and 14, see what the Bible says. Jeremiah is saying that, yes, in verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar had carried people into exile. But in 4, 7, and 14, say, I, God Almighty, carried you into exile. Like if you see in verse 4, he said, say, Thus says the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, to all those I have carried into exile. In verse 7, he says again, he says, I'm speaking to those who I've carried into exile. In verse 14, he's saying the same thing. Those who have carried into exile. Is it God? Is it Nebuchadnezzar that carried people into exile? Who brought you to Lagos? Is it social conditions? Is it also, is it con- what, what exactly brought you to Lagos? Is it those things? Is it that auntie or that uncle? Or is it God that brought you? You see, yes, Nebuchadnezzar carried them, but God carried them through Nebuchadnezzar. God used Nebuchadnezzar to carry the people into exile. No matter how hard or chaotic, no matter how terrible your condition is in Lagos, no matter how stressful, no matter how dire it is, God used Brashegun, God used Antijoy, God used also, God used NYC, God used Transfer to bring you to Lagos. God brought you to Lagos. This Lagos, this Lagos where, 
where if I want to send my kids to the best schools, I have to pay through my nose. Or oh, this same Lagos, where because I'm trying to do something innovative as a tech developer, SaaS stops me every now and then. This same Lagos, potholes. Like someone said, the potholes on our roads are like, the, the road is full of potholes. It looks like the road that leads to success. It's full of ups and downs. <laughs> you see what Acts 17 verse 26 also says? It says that, for from one man, Paul was speaking to the Acts, the people at, 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 in the city, another city in, in Athens, he was speaking to them after evangelizing, saying stuff. Then he said this. He said, from one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined the appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. God determines the times we are born. God determines, you see, fearfully and wonderfully creates us. He designed the families that he placed us in. He chose those families, but he also chose the year. He chose the month. He chose the time. He, cho he chose the place that you will live. That's what the Bible says, the place that you will live. His hand is this. He might be invisible, but his hand, he guides, maintains, controls. How you've landed here, how you've come here. You may not be here tomorrow, but if you are here today, you see, you are here today, it's because God carried you here. You see, it is not solely your plan. You might be saying, eh, maybe I'm here for two years. Okay, I think I'm here for five years, or you're here for 20 or 70, whatever. You see, we are not, and the way Jeremiah is, we're not forcing you to stay. The command here, the appeal here, the reason for this series is not to force us to stay or not to ask, or asking us to leave, but that before you stay or before you leave or as you leave in Lagos, the first thing you must know from this text is that God carried me here. But as what? As what? Why did God carry me? As what? Am I a missionary? The second thing, who you are. Second thing you must know. You see, who you are, simple and short. In verse 1, you see what Jeremiah calls them. We look at verse 1. Jeremiah calls them, he says that to the surviving elders, the priests, the artisans, the skills, the craftsmen, he said these exiles that Nebuchadnezzar carried into Babylon. Exiles, that's what he called them, exiles. They are exiles. Exiles, one who comes from a foreign land into a city or land to reside, to reside there by the side of natives. Exiles, one who comes from a foreign land into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. You see, this word exiles is not just an Old Testament word. It's also a New Testament word. People like Apostle, the Apostle Peter uses words. The Christians are called this in 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verse 1. He says, to the exiles. He was writing a letter to Christians. He said, to the exiles. He was calling Christians exiles. In chapter 2, he also called Christians. He said, foreigners and strangers. Exiles. You see, in 5, at the end of his letter, see how Paul wrote it. At the end of the letter, Paul was referring to himself. Like, people write a letter and writing to this Christian. He said, so in Babylon, like we from Babylon were greeting you. He was trying to tell them, see, we are not... Like, we're not living in a place that is comfortable. We're not living in a place that is safe. We're, not living a, we're no longer living by the, the boundaries that God has marked. Israel should stay here. Israel should not stay here. No, it says we all are exiles living in Babylon. I want to put one question to us today. I want to make an assertion. You see, 
as we think of ourselves and our position in Lagos, most people often see themselves as victims in an abusive relationship, trapped by wrong choices, not as exiles carried by God. Yes, the relationship that we might have with Lagos might be abusive in many ways. It might, it might seem as though Lagos has seduced us, has lured us with innovation, like as Femi showed us last week, with beauty, with entertainment, with the opportunity to succeed. It might seem as though, oh, I've come here, I wanted to stay for a while, but then Lagos became too addictive for you. You spent longer than you want, and now it's served the love for me, and now it's, it's like you can't even do anything. It's made you powerless. No. You see, that relationship might exist. But according to the scripture this morning, there is a relationship that exceeds that. It says you are exiles, carried by God. You are in a more powerful position. It may not look like it. You may not know it. You may not understand it, but you are in a more powerful position. You are more powerful position than the victim in an abusive relationship. You see, when Peter uses this word exiles, Peter uses this word to mean resident aliens. Resident aliens. We're going to see it now. Resident aliens. Reside as aliens. Yes, you are foreigners, but you should also live as though this place is your place. It's like when you, know, when you go visit somebody for the first time, you know, you just travel to that person's house or you go visit the person. And then, and, and the person, you know, that when the person tells you, feel at home. You see, the, this thing is there, the fork is there, the rake is there, the bed sheet is there, the soap is there, the fridge, everything is in the fridge, just feel at home. When I just do, you know, no, don't worry, I'm fine. I've, I brought my own so well. No, don't worry, I'm fine. I've eaten before I came. No, no, I'm fine. You know, you know that, that one that you do. You're just waiting for the third time. Before the, you just, I ah, know I'm fine. You want to eat, you are very, very hungry. But you want to just form and form and form. Some girl will catch you sometimes. The best will just stop. Oh, yeah, fine, Abby. Ah, okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, we will we'll eat again in the night. Everybody has eaten. I won't just say I should, roll, I should turn the last uh, little bit for you, but since you are fine, that is okay. So God is saying that, see, as Christians, we know that God, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? When we become Christians, no longer do we live in a time where a particular area or landmass is marked for his people. You see, everywhere belongs to God. Christians are scattered all over the world in every place. So there is no particular place that this is my place. Like, this is the place that I've been born. This is where I've been planted. I cannot be moved. I cannot be shaken. You see, he's saying, as exiles, where you find yourself, I've called you there. You see, where I've called you to, reside there. Reside there with this knowledge. Reside there with this understanding. Feel at home. You see, no matter how chaotic or comfortable your conditions, wherever you are, whether you are in Kanfanchan, or you are in this one. I know I'm not getting it, but if you help me, Sakans Chuan <laughs> in Canada now, in Canada, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Okay. <laughs> no matter where, if you are a Christian, you are still an IDP. You are still an internationally displaced person. Because you are displaced from your eternal home, where you really, really belong. So when Peter says, leave as resident aliens, he's saying, see, in 1 Peter 1, he says, these exiles are scattered in different places. And that's what they call in different places, mainly places that I cannot pronounce. 1 Peter 1, verse 1, different places all across 
whether in Lagos, whether it's in Tokyo, whether it's in Seoul, whether it's in Toronto, everywhere. He said, Christians are exiles in all these places. When um, last week, I don't know if us did the, the survey after Pastor Femi preached or while he was preaching. Um, that whole thing about um, survivor, consumer, um, native, and commuter. How many of us did it personally? How many of us did it? Like, you know where you are. Um, okay. Or some of us don't believe in this stuff. Okay, but Shah, Shah did it. And when I did it, I discovered that, because we even talked about the office, I discovered that, and some of us later discovered that, is that one is not even enough for some people. Some people may have four, some people have three. But for we I discovered that I may have two. Like, I found out that, oh, I think I'm one who, um, who prides myself on the, um, who prides myself on the doggedness that I'm able to build as a result of living in this city. And as one who loves the experience of the city, a consumer survival. Yeah, one was consumer, one was survival. <laughs> a consumer survival. And I explained, you see, in the past few months, I privileged to go to other parts of the country, like to Jaws, to Kano, to, um, to Jaws and Kano in particular, and then I've been to Abuja before. And, and every time I go to those places, I just, I'm so in love with the place. Like, I cannot lie. I cannot lie. That I'm an aspiring lover of Lagos. Aspiring lover. <laughs> Not yet there. But the calm, you know, the serenity, the, the space in between people on the road, <laughs> when they walk, how many of you treasure that? Like, the market, when you go to the market, like the space, the gap, the distance between, the distance between you and the person who wants to sell something to you. Like, how dim their voices are. <laughs> no, and the way they dress. Like, you hardly see anybody in jeans and t-shirts. You know, it's cuffed and flowing. It shows something. It shows that people are not in a hurry. It shows that they're not hustling. They're not, you know, they're just chill. Oh, my. The keke, the keke marua in, um, in Kano, by the side of the keke marua, there is, there is one metal iron like this, like on, the, on one side, so that people can jump from this side of the keke. You can only come down to one side. I say, hey. I just didn't say that. I say, oh, my goodness. There's some other here. I love this place. You know, in Joss, is the weather, like how you don't even need to turn on the lights, you don't need gen every time. The breeze, you know, the natural light, the trees, everything around. Just thinking, man. And that was one of the places I wanted to go before Pastor Femi lured me to this Lagos. <laughs> 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 ah, Pastor Femi used. Not sweet marks, no, no. It's anointing. <laughs> it drew me, it sold me the vision. You see, you see, there is. There's a 35-year vision of these, you know. Like, what are you going to do in this place? Like, it sounded like, you know, when, um, when Steve Jobs was trying to sell to the Pepsi guy, and he said, why do you want to, why do you want to go and spend the rest of your life selling colored water? Can't you just come and join us here and help and build something? Ah! That very day, Pastor Femi offered me a job. I already accepted it, but I said, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So... <laughs> if, if not for the things that we've been seeing and for what we're even going to see more in this scripture, that is where I would say I would want to be. That is where I say I want to stay. This is someone here, a sister in this church, who we are chatting about the same thing. And then she told me, you see, we are chatting, we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then she said, except God pulls a Jonah, a Majapa, 
like escape is sure. It means that except God does what he did to Jonah to us. Escape. But I want us to look at a couple of people. Daniel and his friends. You know, Daniel and his friends were among the people that um, Nebuchadnezzar carried to Babylon. They were among the people. So this letter, this letter that Jeremiah wrote was to them. There are some of the people that Jeremiah was referring to when he wrote this letter to them. That they should build houses. They should settle down. He's saying they should marry. Like, start jobs. Start, a, start businesses. Like, do stuff in this land. Be there. Don't live as though, you know, I'm just here for a while. I don't know when I'm going to go. You know, this is just a step. I'm just Lagos, you know. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's going to happen. It depends on a couple of offers and things that I'm able to do. But... I can't say, you know, I'm a citizen of the world. I'm a global citizen. I just, you know, just go here and there. He said, no, they should stay. See what Daniel did. You see, the first thing Daniel and his friends did when we see Daniel 1 is that they took new names. They was living in the culture. They took names. They changed their names. They got them into the education of the place. They started to mingle in the culture of the place. You see, when, when, when we find ourselves in this place, knowing that for us to be here, God has called us here, God is not asking us to be tourists. They just come in and say, what are the sweetest things in this place? What can I just dabble in, touch in? Just come with light bags and go. No, God is asking us to be residents that invest, not tourists that just consume. God is saying, build houses, settle down, marry. He's saying, settle down. He said, don't be, don't be someone, you know, you're saying why you should remain in Lagos. Now you're saying how to remain in Lagos. He said, don't be someone who just wants to use and dump Lagos. Oh, you're complaining that you are in an abusive relationship in Lagos. What if the relationship you are in is, is actually a gold digger relationship? What if? What if you're just tapping from Lagos and then complaining how bad Lagos is, how terrible Lagos is, but just enjoying and milking Lagos for as long as you're here? You double out, you come back when there's another good deal. Or you stay, you complain, you get all you want to get, you go. Or you are here, you're not really living like you're here. You try to just minimize what you can give to Lagos, give to the city, give to the people, and get the most that you can get. Who is being abused? Are you going to stay in Lagos? I really don't know if you're going to stay in Lagos. You see, it comes down to this simply. It comes down to this. It can be as simple as this. If you can stay in Lagos, stay. Is it... One preacher, Tim Muskela, he said this to his people. One of the um, foremost people talk about church in the city and the need for um, planting churches in the city. He said, he said, he said, if you are planning to stay, he was talking to people in New Yorkers, he said, if you are planning to stay in New York for one year, can you make it two? If you are planning to stay in New York for four years, can you make it five? Can you make it six? I'm making the same appeal and the same call to us. If you can stay in Lagos, knowing that you are not just a Lagos, that God has called you to Lagos, knowing that God has called you to live as exiles, if you can stay in Lagos for one year, can you not stay two? If you can stay for four, can't you stay six? And you know, some of us want to pray about this. We want to find out, like, how do I know that God is calling me to stay here? Maybe I should pray about it. Yes. But let me tell you. Let me tell you why I think God might be calling you to remain. The third thing you must know. Who are you to pray for? See verse 7. Verse 7 says that seek the peace. This is a continued letter. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray to the Lord for it. Is it just coming from where we just came from now? 
Is that our approach? You say, seek the peace and prosperity. You say, pray for it. What is our approach? What is, what is our tendency? Is it not to complain or to criticize? You know, I find myself walking out of my house these past few weeks, all flooded. I live in Dolphin, um, in one part of Dolphin that is flooded. The other part is not flooded. So I come out, I come out of, of my house, and I have to take off uh, my shoes, roll it up, and then go in the water. You know, just dip your leg all across like three streets before you now get to uh, dry land. Like you cross the, and you get to dry land. And, you know, when I just pray, somebody was thinking, okay, he says you seek the peace and prosperity. He says you pray for the city. And I'm thinking, what do I often do when I'm in that water? And then other guys join me. Oh, but now, wow. Now, wow. These estates. I hear say, now this, you know, you know that place where they do for, um, over inside, Illuberry Flats. Now that place where there's Sanfield, 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 they don't do damage for them. Come go punish all those people. Now, see, now, now so now, the government, like, you know, before they go fit, some people will even be abusing um, the people in Okuyemi side. Okay, I mean, be praying though, be praying. The curses that are coming like that. <laughs> We're just criticizing and complaining and raining curses, walking through the world. You know, it's painful now, it's sad. Like every morning, you bath up, dress, and you're going to work, and then, and then you get to work, you tell your colleagues that there was flood in my estate. That's why I came here. They'll say, Dami, flood again today. Flood again today. It's every day flooding your own estate. <laughs> but you know what Jeremiah is saying? Jeremiah is saying that, no, I should pray for my city. Ha! He's saying that, what do I think that I can do? And I'm not, I'm not, I do not have a relationship with Mrs. Arabiade, the special advisor to the commissioner for works or something that I can do, so I don't have any contact with them. But what is it that I can do? Oh, I can't, I can't send a mail, I can't talk to somebody, can I pray? At least, the least that I can do, the least that I can do is to pray. But would I rather complain, would I rather criticize, would I rather bring people down? See, when we think of where we ought to be, or when we think of praying about it, we just think about ourselves, but Jeremiah is saying the city. See, a few stats. At the end of this year, if I'm correct, at about 600,000 people is expected to move to Lagos. 600,000. And that's going to continue, net, net. And that is going to continue, like, at least half a million, about more than half a million moving to this Lagos. What does it mean? Pastor me has talked about, oh, there are 11 to 12 cars, average. But in Lagos, there are 240. When six hundred, all the season land at the end of this year, when they land next year, five years, 10 years, now someone is thinking, ah, I better go and start that Canadian application <laughs> that I've been doing. No, 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 no. See, see what he's saying? He's saying for traffic, for the healthcare, not just for traffic. So imagine what that, what that means for education. Ask what that means for the government. Ask what that means for the tech industry. Ask what that means for the poor, for the slums. Are you thinking the peace and prosperity of this city? Are you thinking about how you're going to pray? If you go, see, people are coming. This city is going to be, this is going to be in such a great need. It's in such a great need already, but it's going to be in such a greater need. Seek the peace and prosperity of Lagos. Pray for it. You see, peace and prosperity means 
shalom, like in Hebrew, it means shalom. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means that not just, not just that there are no fighting, there no, there's no violence. It means that everything is fine. Everything is so good and well. As we ask what it means economically, what it means for infrastructure, we should also ask, what does this mean for the church? You see, most of these migrants, as sociologists have said, and statisticians, most of these people that have been moving to Lagos, moving to this city, are mostly young people seeking opportunity, seeking freedom, seeking independence from tradition, from their ways of, 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 their, of, of their forbears, trying new things. Guys, we started Renew because we know that there is, there is a great need for churches in Lagos. You see, there is, there, there is not enough. There are not enough churches in Lagos. That is not to say that there are not even enough healthy churches in Lagos. So once you begin to process the kind of need that this city, this need city has, then I add that to the migration in the coming decades. See what, see what they say? You see, in the next three decades, 500 million people will move into Africa and Asian cities alone over the next three decades. That is 5 million every month into developing cities. 5 million every month. Someone has done the breakdown. Imagine how many churches do we need? You see, if we even say that the, we, what we need to have is one church for every 5,000 people, we will still need to plant at least 1,000 urban churches a month. Who is going to plant that, those churches? Who is going to lead those churches? Who is going to give to those churches? Who is going to serve in those churches? Who is going to volunteer in those churches? Who is going to arrange the gospel community groups in those churches? Who is going to reach out to bring people to those? What? What? Who is going to fill this need and the gap that is going to arise if we even try to meet it? So my question to you again is this. If you are leaving Lagos for another city, I hope it is this need that is driving you there. But if you are in Lagos already, and if you can stay, could it be that God is calling you to where there is already a great need? Could it be? Could you pray for this? Not just pray in this city for yourself. Pray in this city for your children, for your relatives, for your friends. Pray for this city. Seek the prosperity of this city. And the fourth thing we need to know, who are you to listen to? In Jeremiah 28, verse 1 to 4, there's a certain prophet there, Ananiah, who, um, who was, because things were going bad in Jerusalem, Babylon for Israelites, there were many false prophets. They were bringing, saying all kinds of things, you know, just giving false hopes and dreams. You see what this Ananiah said? He's one of the ones that was quoted in this, in this text in Jeremiah 28. The guy says, See, thus says the Lord. A false prophet, he came. He said, thus says, God did not send him. He said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Exactly the same way that Jeremiah said it. He didn't just say it in public or in secret, though. The guy came to where Jeremiah was in front of the priest in public. He said, thus says the Lord. He knew this is what people wanted to hear. He knew those people, people, what people were craving for. He said, thus says the Lord. He said, I will come and I will deliver you. I will make things all right in two years. 
And see what Jeremiah says in verse 7. He said, do not listen. In verse 7, where I read Jeremiah 27. He said, do not listen to false prophets and diviners. He said, they are prophesying lies to you. They are giving you dreams that you have encouraged them to dream, that you have encouraged them to dream. Because of what you want, because of the, because of the kind of peace, because of the kind of prospect that you want for yourself. He said, you are encouraging them to dream dreams that I have not given them. He said, do not listen to them. He said, this can range from, oh, um, from ego better, you know, from the politicians cry and whatever they say to us. But it can even range to what pastors and prophets declare from the pulpits. The false hope and ambition that they tell us. Or it can even be them prophesying to us that we'll move to a comfortable place. All of the revivals and programs just, for, just focus on visa application. Just focus on you will get your visa this year. Someone, I'm just called, it's in my ministry, I'm called to just give visas. <laughs> to just send people forth to, to the nations. And he's not speaking missionary, he's not speaking missions. You see, it can also be beyond that. It can be what we hear from the culture. You know, you see some people, this is just a dream because they are done with this place or they seek some other thing and you find some people who just live like, um, you, I know you've met some people who just have this dream that they're going to go to like maybe 30 countries before they are 30. That's just, that's just, and every other time, they're not stated in a place. They're not in a place planting or in a place growing, in a place investing. All over the place. Their Instagram is just the location is look all kinds of location. You're just confused. All kinds of location. Or those who on their bios, you know, Twitter bios and Instagram bios, you just see something like um, Los Angeles, Lisbon, and Lagos. Like that's location. Los Angeles, Lisbon, Lagos. <laughs> Three cities. Where do you stay? I've never seen you around. No, I don't really. I don't really. I like. I, I'm, based in, I'm based in Lagos, Los Angeles, and Lisbon. You are based. Okay. <laughs> there are conditions, the extremes where people's life and people's calling might be that they may live in that kind of way for a while or caught to that kind of life. But when that becomes our aspirations, when that becomes our motivation, our desires, when we are moved by those tales and that narrative, we need to begin to ask ourselves, who are we listening to? You see what Jeremiah says in this text that I read three times. He said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the Lord Almighty. Thus says the Lord. You see, this is what the Lord God Almighty is saying. This is the person you should listen to, not the first one. What the Lord God Almighty is saying. See what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah, instead of what Ananias said, Ananias said two years. Jeremiah said, See, God is saying that you people will stay in this place for 70 years. 70. You see, if you decide to stay in Lagos, if you decide to remain in Lagos, if you decide to stay in a city and to commit yourself and to say, God, will you use me for the great need that will befall this city, that is going to happen in this city, in this, in this city, I want to stay for the long term. I'm not going to double in. I'm not going to double out. God is looking for people that will commit their families. He say, marry. He say, give birth to sons. Let your sons marry and give birth to children. He's talking about people that will stay here for the long term, that are committed to this for the long run. saying people would invest financially, economically, you know, to this cause, to this mission. Not say, I'm going to gather, I'm, to, I'm just saving my money up so that I can be able to buy multi-citizenship. 
I'm just saving my money up. Like every of your effort, everything you're doing, you just being saved up so I can buy, I can buy Norwegian citizenship. You know they don't pay taxes in Norway. You know you can hide my stuff in Norway. You know that is all your aspirations and everything is jet towards. You say no. You see, when you commit to this great need that we're talking about, this great need that brings about a shalom, physical, spiritual, cultural, you see, are you committing to it for the long term? And finally, the last thing that we should know, who has plans for you? Who has plans for you? You see, one of the biggest arguments that I've heard, and when I got married, and when I started speaking with um, families more and more, you know, I've speaking with them before, but then I started, oh, started making sense to me more and more. One of the biggest arguments that I've heard for relocation, for instance, is the thing about children. Like, and it makes, like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense. That is one I've never able to shift easily. And the person will say, or if you've heard it, or if you thought about it, you know, it's just very plain and easy. Like, when I go elsewhere, free education is guaranteed. When I go elsewhere, elsewhere, free and accessible healthcare, you know, just the hope that my children can become something, you know, that they can flourish, that they can grow to be, you know, like you can see that there's chance. If you stay in Lagos, like you don't even know. You don't even know whether this country is going to collapse next month. You don't even know whether it's going to collapse in two years. You don't even know what's going to happen. And that makes a lot of sense. But see what Jeremiah is saying in in 29 verse 11, he say, and this is one of the most popular scriptures. You know, people you see it everywhere on Bible, on signboard, in pamphlets, on journals, in letters, several sermons, several sermon series. Non-Christians even claim it. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. And the thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an experience, to give you a future and a hope. He said, I know the plans that I have. You see, but you know what this means? Seeing how we've come. God is saying, see, yes, I know that you have great plans for your children. I know that you've envisioned a future better than the one that your parents are able to give you for your children. I know how you've designed stuff. I know how you've planned stuff. I know how you've, you've, you've drawn the map. I know how you've connected the dots. I can see it. I can feel your pain. Like, I would not want your children to, you know, I want the best for them. But God is saying, see, I who have called you here, I who have made you an exile, I who of who you can pray to, who I want you to pray for this. I, whom you should be listening to, I'm telling you that I have plans for you. I have plans for your children. I have plans better than the plans that you have for yourself. You see, I have thoughts of good and not of evil for you to give you a future and a hope. How dare you compare your plans to mine? How dare you make decisions not noting He's not saying that you can't go. He's not saying that you can't relocate. He's saying that those your plans, do they fit into his larger plans? That's what he's asking you. He's saying that, see, my, is, see it's perfect. The future is sure. Obviously, how sure is your own plan? How perfect is it? Decide what you want to decide. Do what you want to do. But ensure that it's guided by my own plans and by the future and the hope that I have for you. A future that transcends any state, any country, any nation, any city, that transcends all time and seasons, any culture and economy. A future that transcends death and sickness and whatever evil that this world can bring. How does that future come? How does that hope come? 
how do we get this assurance, this hope? How do we know that it's sure and it's guaranteed that it cannot be moved, that it cannot be shaken? How do we know? You see, Christ, when he, when he, when he, when he, when he came, you see, when he was on the cross and he remained on the cross, you see what people said? He said, you can, can't you come down? Can't, look, at, look at, he said, he, he healed people. He, he, he did all kinds of stuff for people, but look at him. He can't even come down. Come down. You see what Christ was saying to them? He said, I have already come down. I came from heaven. I came from a perfect place. I came from a place where there was no suffering, where there was no poverty, where there was no economic recession. I came from a place that had everything, that had a perfect past, present, and future. But I came down to this earth, corrupt earth, sinful earth. I came down to this place that lacked good. I came down to this place that is uncomfortable for you. How much more me? I came down already. I sacrifice my own and I'm giving it all for you. You see, this is how we gain this future. This is how we gain this hope. This is how we know that this hope and this future is sure. You see, one of the books I was reading, preparing for this, you see, this guy wrote this book, Christ for the City. And then he was bringing this, he, he used to train kids and youth groups, you know, encourage them about the gospel, encourage them about the mission. But for some years now, God has been on his heart that, see, Dennis, I'm calling to the city. Dennis, I'm calling to the city. You need to go there and work for me. You need to go and do something for boys. How am I going to raise my kids there? Like, how am I going to raise them up in that, in Chicago? Like, one of the most violent places in the world. How am I going to cater for my family? I don't, God, I, I can't do this. And then one day during the class, while he was talking to these kids, while he was chatting with them, and then he was asking them, so what is stopping you from doing what God wants you to do? And his mind was thinking, man, I'm not even doing what God wants me to do. How am I talking to these people? What's stopping you? And all of them answered. And then one child, a nine-year-old child, asked, looked at him and said to him, he said, but Dennis, John, what is... What is stopping you from doing what God is calling you to do? And he was dumbstruck. And he looked at the child and he said, he looked at the child and he said, I, have, I just have this weird dream. I just have this weird nightmare that if I move to Chicago, that my, my son is going to get shot or my son is going to get gang busted one day before he's 18 and he will just die. And then the, the child, without blinking an eye, just looked back at John Dennis and told him, you see, but you know what God did to Abraham when he gave Isaac his son? He said he sacrificed his son, but God gave him Isaac back. You know that Jesus died on the cross, and then after he thought he, raised, he resurrected again. John, even if your son dies when you move to Chicago, you're going to see him again. He's going to be resurrected, John. And then the scales fell from John's eyes. And only then and then did John have the courage to move to Chicago to do ministry. Brothers and sisters, friends, I'm asking you, even if you're a non-Christian, like what is the hope and the future that is moving you? What is the plan that inspires you? Have mercy on us, Father. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.